Turn in your Bible to two passages. We begin our emphasis this month and really maybe on into May because things go by uh, in a hurry. Growing how? God's way. God has a way for us to grow spiritually. And so turn to two passages. Matthew, um, you know what? It's not, hmm, is it Matthew? Yeah, it's Matthew 5 and Ephesians 4. Matthew, everyone say Matthew 5. And Ephesians 4. Now, to, this morning is really an introduction, uh, and I'm gonna kinda, I'm gonna saturate you with the Word of God this morning. And so I would encourage you to take notes, uh, and, and just tune in to what I'm saying, uh, because what I, be, what we're gonna begin discussing lines up with who we are as a church family. How many of you know we're called to gather? That's what we're doing here today. In fact, if you looked at our take five, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to gather and fellowship. Our children are gathering at kids camp this summer. Uh, and we're even working on, I'm, I'm, it's not all, we're working on some youth camp opportunities as well. And I didn't do the offering, did I? I just saw that. We'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the end. How many of you are glad I, for, I didn't, oh, I can't forget the offering. So y'all keep me going. Uh, we'll, we'll get that straight here in a little bit. Uh, but we're going to grow spiritually. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Great opportunities to gather. We're called to gather. We're called to what? Grow. Everyone said we're called to grow. And we say it all different kinds of way. Growing people grow people. But really for the next few weeks, we are emphasizing the necessity and the capacity and the ability uh, uh, for us to embrace the responsibility of growing spiritually. And so that's what I want you to see. And this, you, let me just say, the next few weeks have the opportunity for you to just explode spiritually in some, and some areas and ways that you have not uh, previously uh, grown or experienced. We're called to gather, we're called to grow, we're called to give, and we're called to go. You know, if we gather and study the Word, we're going to grow. And if we gather and grow, we're going to give and, and we're going to go. I'm telling you, without this spiritual growth mode in our lives, we will become stifled. And as we learned this this morning, not only will we get stagnant, but we will digress spiritually. How many of you don't want to digress spiritually? Everybody say, God forbid. And so we have the capacity, not just to, uh, in fact, I don't believe you can be static in one place. place. You're either growing or you're digressing. And it's, and it's an uphill climb. I have to I tell you that. And so, uh, you know, if you want to go up, you gotta, if you want to grow up, you gotta go up. It's an uphill climb. So let me give you these keynote verses. And then we're just going to talk a little bit. And I'm just going to give you an explosion here of the word of God. Matthew 5:48 says this. And it's, it's always been a little challenging to me. Uh, don't read that right there. Take, in fact, take that off, Ike. I want to give you the first, the, the revised little simple version that's not on the PowerPoint. It says this, therefore you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's what Jesus said. Therefore, you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, that seems a little harsh. It seems a little hard. God is perfect. How on earth are we going to be perfect? Jesus said you're supposed to be perfect. Uh, and he's not talking about perfection in this life. He's, in fact, talking about spiritual growth. The word perfect really means complete, of full age and grown up. 
And that's what that word perfect means. But I love the message. And this is what uh, I threw. This is the message. I love this. Let's, in fact, can you read that with me? Can we read this together? I know it may be a little dark. We're going to, we're practicing our PowerPoint presentation. Next week will be a little different. Let's read it. Here we go. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives toward you. Man, I'm telling you, I love that. And when you read through that and you look at the context of this Matthew chapter 5, this all makes a lot of sense. And so let's read it. Uh, Can we do it a little louder? Because I wasn't sure you were reading along with me. Uh, Let's do it all together. Matthew 5, 48 in the message says, In a word... What I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives toward you. I love that. Everybody say amen. So that's our verse for this series. And I would encourage you, I saw some of you taking pictures of it. Uh, if you've got your, your Bible app and you can look at that and you can add that to, I think the, the, the message is there in the, in your Bible app. You can download that or whatever. But I'm telling you, this is the call of God for our lives. In fact, let's all just say, uh, that second phrase, grow up. Everybody say grow up. It's time to grow up. And so that's one of our keynote verses. Now, here's another one, Ephesians 4, really verse 11 through 13. We may revisit this entire passage, series of verses, but look what he says. And he's talking about the five-fold ministry, the apostle, prophet, the pastor, the teacher, uh, and and I may may have missed one, Uh, but uh, their responsibility is to uh, equip us for the work of the ministry. And he says, basically, that should continue until we come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, there's that mature word again, to the measure of the nature of the fullness of Christ. And now, uh, here's the message. Uh, again, it's so much, uh, it just says it better to me. It says, until we all, moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in the response to God's Son, fully mature adults fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. You see, the Word of God is chock full of of the Word of God and insights about growing spiritually. In fact, uh, all of us, and God is a God uh, of that has in, instilled it all, even in nature. And so when you look at creation, we're talking about growing God's way. Man, when you look at creation, isn't it amazing how God has a way and, and, and a methodology and a means for things to grow? I had a flashback to school. Uh, everybody say, how many of you can... Can you remember school? I mean, come on. I had a flashback to school and it, gosh, it had to have been junior high. Somebody that's more in tune with, I remember studying, uh, it might have been biology or something, I don't remember, but photosynthesis. Can you remember? And I remembered something. It's amazing how things get in your head. I remembered the graphic, the graphic, and they probably had uh, transparencies back then. You remember, trans- we used to do worship by transparencies. 
Anybody remember that old-timey technology? It might have been, I don't know, handouts, but I remember this graph of this little plant growing, and it showed how the plant, what does the plant need to grow? It needs soil. It needs the nutrients from the soil. It needs rain to come down. And what does it need from the atmosphere? The plant needs what? Carbon dioxide. You remember the graph? How many of you can remember it? I mean, I, t- I just blew in my, I mean, it came back to me. I, I, it made me feel good that I haven't, I'm not so over the hill that I can't remember certain things. And then the plant takes in, uh, uh, carbon dioxide and then the rain and nutrients uh, from the soil. And, and what does the plant release? Oxygen. And what do we breathe? Oxygen. And what do we exhale? Well, wouldn't you know it? God has a way for things to grow. He has a plan. And he, and he put it all together for things to grow. And it's certainly, when you think about your life and you think about uh, growing things, all growing things have to have a proper environment for them to grow. Everyone say growing God's way. You see, if you're going to grow God's way, you have to get in the right environment to grow in every area of our life. And so let me just, let me just get you this thought today. You know, think about fish. I love to fish. Do y'all think it's okay that the pastor goes fishing on a regular basis? Is there anybody here think, probably all the people that don't think are not here today because I love to fish. I go fishing. I try to keep all things in moderation, but I love to fish. I fish this week. It's not a sin. Uh, I enjoyed myself immensely. Uh, but I know something about fishing. I don't know a lot, but I know something. Number one, they have to be in the water. That's their environment, correct? Now, if you were not a very good fisherman, you would just think, well, the fish are, the fish are in the water. That's their environment. But, you know, when you understand more about fish, you understand at certain times of the year, the water temperature, their environment has to be right. And this year, as it's getting warmer, the water temperature uh, uh, gets warmer and the fish go, ooh, the bass especially, the water's getting warmer. And the, and the ladies, they go, ooh, the water's getting warmer. Now I want to get up shallow and lay my eggs. And the males go, I will help you. And you know the process there. And, and they, uh, maybe you don't, but the, it's an interesting process. The ladies lay their eggs, the men come along and fertilize it, and then the, the, the bass, they guard those fertilized eggs, and all while they're trying to do that, there's guys like me trying to catch them. We're like the devil. But they need that environment for that to all happen. And here's a wacky one that has nothing to do with uh, this series. These bass, once these little eggs hatch out, there's a little fry. It looks like a little cloud. I saw some this week already hatched out. It's a little cloud of teeny-weeny little fish. And they're so small, it's like a cloud. And the male who has fertilized them, the female, she swims off back out in a little deeper water. And she goes, whew, that was an experience. And she soles up a while, and the male, he guards them. And then every once in a while, the devil gets in him, and he will actually eat some of his own. And you say, why does he do it? Well, it's nature's way to teach these little fish. You don't trust anybody out there. Especially your daddy. You see, that's, a, that's messed up right there. 
But they need the right environment, and a good fisherman has to know the environment. In the summertime, I'm learning the environment. They're not up shallow. Ah, they're down deep where it's cooler. I've learned that. I find them, and I trick them, and I catch them, but I also release them and let them go, and they're wiser still. But everything, the fish need the proper environment. Flowers need the proper environment. Did y'all go to the hill country? Not yet. You're going to the hill country. They're going to see blue bonnets and all kinds of things. It's the right environment. It's beautiful. I even saw some wonderful flowers just on 69 coming and going, even though it was, it was just beautiful. I took my wife through a certain area a couple of weeks ago, and she saw massive fields of those yellow flowers. She was so happy. I scored big points. It was awesome. It's the right environment for them to grow. Hey, just on a side note, not only fish and flowers, but how many of you know even fungus has to have the right environment to grow? Okay, so environment is huge. And you think about your own life. Just think about who you, your personal growth in every area of your life. It's no different. you got to have the right and proper environment. In fact, what have you heard people say? We are products of our environment. You know, you've seen these terrible school shootings on the news recently and then in our history and there was someone who's done a study of every one of these and most of them are white young men and why they uh, why they do what they do and this man who did this study on gosh many many of these these tragedies and these shooters none of them had a healthy environment at home, especially when it came to their father. Because healthy kids need the right environment in our own life. In fact, you've got an environment that you are living in today. And you're by and large, whether you believe it or not, a product of your environment. Your personal environment consists of everything and everyone you come in contact with each day. Your physical as well as social surroundings, the relationship, sight, sound, smells, and even words you use on a constant basis. That's your environment, the world you live in. And you and I are responsible for the world we live in. And how we allow our environment to shape us or not shape us. Now let's boil it down a little bit and let me just move you into the right direction just for the next few moments and talk about our spiritual growth because it's no different. Your environment is, is key to a healthy atmosphere and environment so you can grow spiritually. Are you with me? Say amen. And so that's what we're going to begin to focus on. And now turn to Matthew 13 with me today. And, and I want to just begin to point you, and we're not going to t uh, break this passage of Scripture down in detail, but it's the parable of the sower and the seed or the, and the, uh, the sower and the soils. And, and without going too deep and wide, I want you to see how environment shapes everything when it comes to spiritual growth in your life. Are you with me? Here we go. Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. Uh, I'll just jump into verse 3 to save time. Then he, that is Jesus, spoke many things to them in parables saying, here it goes, a sower went out to sow. And he sowed some seed, uh, pardon me, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the what? Wayside. Everybody say that's an environment, right? 
And the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and immediately sprang up because, but because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They did what? They withered away. Some fell among the thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others, catch this, fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Man, I'm telling you, now that I've given you this lengthy uh, introduction to your spiritual environment, how many can just see that all over this parable right here? It's all about your environment. And, and it's all about what's, what's going to happen to the seed or the word of God in your life. And the disciples, they ask about parables and so on and so forth. And so he gives them the side. Here's the, here's the cliff notes to the understanding of the parable in verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Okay. So his environment, this one's environment was not at a place where he was spiritually sensitive to the word of God, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles his environment. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world. Now, here, boy, now this is environment for sure right here. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes, everybody say it, unfruitful. But he who received the seed on the, uh, here, pardon me, he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some 60, and some 30-fold. Now, I'm telling you what Jesus was teaching, the big picture here, because how many of you know uh, it's really the, the condition of the human heart because the soil is really the condition of the heart because the word, uh, in fact, James says this. We'll probably look at it in a minute. He received the implanted word which is able to save your soul. And so the the, the soil is the condition of our hearts. Are you with me? Say amen. And then the environment around us, what we, how we allow the environment to influence or infect us. And what did Jesus pray for us before he left? He said, Lord, they're in the world, but don't let them be of the world. Don't let their environment invade and infect their world to the point that it messes up their spiritual life and the, the process of productivity and spiritual growth is stifled in their life. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this issue of environment. And the environment that is a healthy environment for us to develop uh, a spiritual growth in our life and how we can incorporate these elements into our life and, and, and put them and apply them into our life so we can begin to grow spiritually. This morning in growth groups, we learned this. We learned that we, we, you say we're a product of our environment, but we're responsible for our environment. Are you with me? Say amen. No, pastor, my work environment, those people, they smoke, she and go the girls that do, and it just messes me up. How many of you know you can be in the world but not of the world? And you can create an environment like we talked about earlier when you get out into the world. You sing his praises. 
I told you I'm a fisherman. Years ago, I was fishing down the bank line, and it was springtime, and it was quiet, and there was a guy in front of me about 50 yards, and he had what I call a bad potty mouth. I mean, he, on a good day, he was just cussing and carrying on. He was taking the Lord's name in vain, and I was kind of like Popeye. I had all I could stands, and I couldn't stands no more. And the next time he said, took the Lord's name in vain, I just busted out twice as loud as him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just, boy, man, he's there looking and craning. And then I ended it with this. If you're going to curse him, I'm going to praise him. Hallelujah. I don't know how that affected him, but he got up, he cranked up and left. Hallelujah. I don't know. But you can change your environment. Amen. And so we're responsible for it. And this morning, just simply for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about an environment of receptivity. Dealing with your life to where you can look at a place in your world and you are not hard-hearted to the things of God, but your heart is open to receive. Have you ever met anybody, you're trying to tell them something and you could tell right off the bat, they're not listening. In fact, while you're talking, they're trying to interrupt you because they don't care what you're saying. They just want you to know what they're saying, and they're not listening to you. But then on the other hand, when you share something, and all of a sudden you realize, man, it's like E.F. Hutton. People are listening. It's kind of like right now. But we've got to place our lives at a place where we can receive what God has for us. And like we looked at in Matthew 13, we, we can have a kind of life where, where the, the word of God just falls by the wayside in our life. And, and let me just say to you this morning, you have an opportunity here today to, to, from the seed that I'm sowing this morning, you have an opportunity to develop a greater atmosphere and a greater environment of receptivity to what I'm saying today. And, and sadly, you could, before you leave this room, that seed could have gone by the wayside. I'll never forget years ago, I used to do this because I used to stand at the back uh, and, and greet people. And, and, uh, and I don't do that as much anymore. You know, you'd have the invocation. While the invocation was going, I'd go back and I'd greet people. And, and I'd hear this over and over. Well, that's a great message, Pastor. That's the, when you don't know what to say to your pastor, you're feeling uncomfortable, great message, Pastor. And so I got to, every time I'd hear that, I'd say, well, what did I say? That was so great. And they go, oh, I remember one person, well, I, I, I can't remember, but it was great. What had happened? It had already fallen by the wayside. I've had people say that to me, and I know good and well, because during the middle of the message, they're like this. Great message, Pastor. It wasn't a, you don't know it was a great message. You, you slept through three points. And we have the opportunity to, to even today for that seed to either go by the wayside or, or maybe that's because our, we're just, you know, shallowness of soil. It was great message, Pastor. What'd you say? Well, you said this is great, but you get out there by Tuesday, it's lost because there's no depth of soil. Or maybe it gets sown in your heart, but the birds of the air come and all those things. And, and so we've got to put in our, in our lives, uh, uh, an atmosphere and build an atmosphere of receptivity of, 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 of God in our life. Here's what uh, Hosea 10. You can write this down if you like. Hosea 10 verse 12. He tells the, uh, uh, the people of God, sow for yourselves righteousness. Follow me now. 
reap in mercy. And this is a phrase I want you to say. See, break up the fallow ground. Everyone say, break up the fallow ground. Any gardeners in the house? I used to be. Gardeners in the house? You know, you got to get... Dennis, do you have a tiller? I'm in heaven now, Beverly. He's got a tiller. I no longer have to purchase a tiller. I have a member who has a tiller. Well, what's that tiller for? To break up the fallow ground. Have you ever tried to sow seed in hard soil? It just doesn't work. It just, it just doesn't, it, you just gotta break up. It's gotta become receptive to the word of God. Man, I'm telling you, some of you just need to break this stuff up and, and just get this, your heart at a place where it can receive what God has to say to you. Tommy, do you have a tiller? He just said, no, I think he's lying to me right there. He's a gardener. He borrows one. Dennis, does he borrow your tiller? No, he doesn't. He borrows somebody else's tiller. Amen. Uh, You got to break up the fallow ground. And so the response, here's what God is speaking to the people. You're responsible for your heart. And you've got to break up. If you're going to sow for yourselves righteousness, you've got to break up the fallow ground. For He says it's time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness upon you. See, if you break up the fallow ground and begin to seek Began to seek him. This is going live on Facebook here. I don't want to do this. Amen. There we go. Let's fix that better. Amen. I'll try not to touch that. Uh, you got to break it up. It's our responsibility to develop an atmosphere where God's word can be sown in our hearts. Look in Mark 6. I want to show you this. Turn to Mark 6. This was a secret verse I didn't tell you about. I want you to see this. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's teaching them this principle. Mark 6 verse 52. Look what it says. Now Jesus had just fed the 5,000. Okay. And then he sent them or they got in the ship and went over and you know the story, uh, the, the, the wind and the waves, uh, and Jesus came walking on the water and he said in verse 50, be of good cheery desire. Do not be afraid. So they were afraid. Now here's the context Jesus is about to hit them with. They had just seen the miracle of the multiplication of the fish and the loaves. Okay. And then he sent them in the boat. The storm comes up and they were afraid. Oh my. And Jesus comes walking on the water. Be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. It is I. And so he gets in the boat with them, okay? And they had crossed over. But, but look what he says. Then he, verse 51, then he went into the boat and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure. Have you ever been greatly amazed in yourselves beyond measure? And they marveled. They got the Gomer Powell syndrome. Anybody know the go? Go. Shazam. And they were amazed. And Jesus says this to them. They were just overwhelmed and amazed. And he says, uh, he said this. Then he went into the boat and the wind ceased. They were greatly amazed at themselves beyond measure and marveled for they had not understood about the loaves just a little while ago because what? Their hearts or their heart was hardened. He's talking about disciples. He's not talking about mean old world who doesn't love Jesus. 
He's talking about these disciples who were following, following Jesus around and they had just seen the miracle. They put their hands on it for goodness sake. The fish and the loaves, man, they had, they were, they were experiencing the miraculous power of God. And the next moment they're fearful of the waves and Jesus rebukes it, gets in the boat and he says, you know what? Here's the deal, guys. Because you were spiritually insensitive, and as we heard in Hebrews 5 and 6 this morning in growth groups, dull of hearing, spiritually sluggish, Hebrews 5 and 6, and then even the word means stupid. How many of you know the Word of God pulls no punches? Because you were hard-hearted, and I'll couple the Hebrew 6, spiritually sluggish and lazy and spiritually stupid. Everybody say it like I said it. Come on, say it out loud. Stupid. You may want to say that all day. Come on. Well, in fact, in our family, we say, in our family, we don't say stupid. Well, the Bible talks about being stupid believers. Uh, and so, so he tells his disciples, you, you, you're, you're, you're messed up here because you've got a hard heart. Follow me. Are you following me? Now, go over to Mark 8. There it is. Mark chapter 8, verse 13. He, he brings this principle home again. Uh, and he says this. Let's see if let me find it. And then he left them getting into the boat again, departing to the other side. Uh, oh, let me make sure I'm in the right. Mark 8, 13. He says this. And the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them on the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have, (coughs) pardon me, no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not understand, perceive, nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? He's after them about this hardness of heart. After the multiplication of the fish and the loaves and after the miracle of me walking into your boat and the, and the waters ceasing and now you're here we are, do you still not get it? Is your heart still hardened? So, so what is he saying to us through these disciples? He's saying we have a responsibility here in our life to build, a, build an atmosphere, an environment of receptivity to the Word of God so it can come and it can set up, so we can be as that Matthew 13, but there is some that fell on the good soil. Oh, Jesus. How many of you want your heart to be good soil? Come on, uh, no, nobody. Let me try that again. How many of you want your heart to be good soil? Amen. Where the Word of God comes and it sets up and it brings forth a harvest, some 30, some 60, some hundredfold. I'm telling you, that's what God wants to happen in our life. Amen. So undoubtedly, understand this. The responsibility of our capacity of receptivity is clearly upon us. It's on you. It's on me. Every one of us have this responsibility. Now, as parents, uh, we have the responsibility of, of, of teaching our children these things. Raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. 
so that they're old, they'll not depart from it. We have that responsibility. But all of us, as we grow up, we become responsible for the call of God and the growth of God in our life. Now, let me show you a few more passages. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I, I told you this morning I'm going to saturate you with the Word of God today. And we're going to just get this kind of con- this understanding. And we're going to uh, introduce this, this insight and responsibility of spiritual growth in our own life. 1 Corinthians 3, the first four verses... Let me just read this to you today. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. (laughs) That was funny to me. Here's Paul the Apostle. Hello, church family. Brethren, I can't talk to you like you're spiritual. (laughs) And that's not funny to you. Okay, all right. All right. Y'all a little nervous this morning. Okay. I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, that's fleshly, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. For you are still what? Carnal. You have not dealt with the issues of your heart and life, your fleshliness, your carnality. And so therefore, you are not growing spiritually. You're still little babies and you still need food. Everybody goes, (laughs) you still need food. You're just a bunch of babies. Grow up. That's what he's saying right there. Am, am, Am I right about that? You're still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men so paul reveals the issue of our life and the issue of where we all must begin in life if we're going to begin to develop an atmosphere of receptivity to the word of god we got to deal with these issues in our life that are fleshly and and ungodly and unholy and and unnatural and begin to yield ourselves to the governance and the lordship and the forgiveness and the cleansing and the grace and the mercy of god in our life and bow ourselves low before him and let him begin to deal with the condition of our heart that has hindered our spiritual growth to where we we go to church and smile and nod, go to work, come home, and we're still carnal. Okay. Pardon me. So let me just give you the secret. I'll call it the receptivity secret. Here it is. Just a few verses. Let's see if I have time. This a few verses. Let's just jump to, I was going to show you Jeremiah 4. You can look at that later. Look over in Colossians chapter 3. This is the receptivity secret. Now, I love the Word of God. It's just so plain and clear. And sometimes we make things so hard. But let me tell you something. When you've got Jesus in your heart, there's a lot of things that you can just change because you have Jesus in your life. You see, before you have Jesus in your heart, you're a slave to sin. But after you have Jesus in your heart, you have mercy and grace and forgiveness, and sin is not your master any longer. Jesus should be your Are you with me? Say amen. So look in Colossians 3. Let's just, Paul, Paul, it's just so simple, and, and we make it so hard. He said, if, if you then were raised with Christ, in other words, you remember, for by baptism we're buried through death and raised to walk in the newness of life. If you're raised with Christ, in other words, you're born again, seek those things which are above. In other words, change what you're feeding yourself. Change your environment. Are you with me? Just note it and just see how this environment issue comes into play. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Change your environment, right? 
Set your mind on things above and on, not on things of the earth. In other words, change what you think about. Change the environment of your mind and what you think about. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You know, John the Baptist said this, he must increase, but I must decrease. That word increase means to grow. John was saying he's got to grow in me. In order for him to grow in me, what's in me has to go. Are you with me? For you died and your life is in with Christ and God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, catch this. This is then we're talking about changing our environment to a place where we are not carnal and the word of God can begin to make a difference in our life and we can grow spiritually. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them, but now you yourselves are to put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth don't lie to one another since you have put off the old man with your uh, and his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge and according to the image of him who created him i'm telling you what is he just saying come on church it's kind of like that passage we looked at earlier grow up man put the hey put off those things quit that don't do that you got the spirit of god in you you're dead in your sin nature you crucified it on hey you're dead you need to start living like you're alive in christ don't do that put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge and began to build let me just give pastor sam's kind of elaborated paraphrase hey put yourself in an atmosphere where where god can begin to move in your life and begin to grow set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth change the environment of your life and things will begin to change in you amen man that's powerful stuff right there one more you got time for one more i think i do Look in James. I told you we would get there. James chapter 1. Keep taking a right. And we're going to close in just a moment. James chapter 1 says this. Oh, let's jump into verse, let's see, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be... Now, listen, this is environment. Let every man be swift to hear. Are you with me? Be receptive. He's talking about receptivity. Swift to hear. Oh, and this is a tough one. Should we scratch this next one out? Slow to speak. Swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce. Now, here, here, here we're talking about being productive and being spiritually mature. Does not produce the righteousness of God or spiritual maturity or spiritual productivity. Therefore, here we go. Here's our responsibility of, of, of the atmosphere and the environment that we put ourselves. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Now, let me stop. Oh, stop. Stop. Pause. Everybody paused. He's talking about, man, he's lay aside all filth and his overflow of wickedness. Come on, man. Who are you talking to? Uh, oh, verse 19, back up there. So then, my beloved brethren, beloved brethren, he's cutting straight to the chase here. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Meekness. 
It's not weakness. It's receptivity. Did you catch that? Don't be filthy and ugly and smoke and you go with the girls. You you receive. Did you see whose responsibility this is? It's, It's the beloved brethren. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow or abundance of wickedness and receive with meekness. The implanted word. And in fact, meekness, some people, uh, let me just say, you know, uh, there's no equestrians here. Is there any equestrians in the house? I don't think I have an equestrian. This is a word they use for horses who have, have been trained to the bridle. And they, they become meek. That's a, that's a great definition of, of a, of an excellent horse. They are trained to the point of meekness through the bridle of, of, of their owner in their mouth. And at the slightest touch or pull of the, of the bridle, the, the horse knows that, that he is under the governance of his master. And that's this word here. No, you put off this stuff and you just realize you gotta be meek and willing and ready and flexible and receptivity and receptive to the things of God and the word of God and the direction of God in your life and you receive it and it will set up residence in your heart and it'll begin to save your life and it'll change things in your life. And you'll begin to grow spiritually. For if anyone, oh, verse 22, I can't miss this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man will be blessed in whatever he does. I'm talking spiritually mature. So this morning, All I want to get across today is we are responsible for the environment around us and within us. You may not can change the environment around you. Most of us can on some level, but you certainly can change the environment within you. I just read it to you. James said, you can do it, beloved brethren. And all of us know what that means to us personally. So this morning... Let's, let's open our hearts. Let's let today be a day when we don't let our life be uh, to the place where the seed just goes by the wayside or, or that our, the soil of our heart is so shallow that we say amen, and, but then by Tuesday or Wednesday it, it just dies because we have no, no depth of soil. Let us not be as those who are so overwhelmed by the cares of this world and the worries that the Word gets choked. Let us be among those who plow up the fallow ground and the Word of God goes deep within us and brings forth an abundant harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Let's stand together. Lord Jesus, today, We open our ears to hear. Let us be quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. And rejecting of the carnal nature of our life. And open and receptive to what you have to say with meekness, O Lord. 
submitted heart to the governance of God in our life. We thank you for it, Lord. I want you in your own way right now just to open your heart to say, Lord, I'm open to hear. Let this word set up deep within my heart and let it not be stolen. Let it not die. Let it not go by the wayside. But, Lord, let it go deep into the soil of my receptive heart today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.